0: Welcome to Next at the Mic Radio, a lively hour of unscripted roundtable conversations with Voice America's longtime new and upcoming hosts about their inspirations, goals, and insights to help you find your own mic. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's Bonnie D.
1: Here I am. Question for my guest, Ron Roel, you've been on before, so you don't get to answer this. Sandy Bloom, Dr. Sandra Bloom, I had to say that. Was that a real voice or an AI? Take a guess. What do you think?
0: Probably AI.
1: Probably you're just saying it because I put that into my question or because you really say, okay, so that's, (laughs) yeah, she felt I was leading the witness there. Dominic, (laughs) Dom Tavella, what did you really think? I hope Michael didn't, your partner, Michael Hartsman, didn't give you a clue. What do you think?
2: No, no, we have this kind of unwritten rule. Everything is unrehearsed and unscripted. I'm going to go live. I'm old school, Bonnie. I like live. I like the real thing.
1: OK, did you th- did he sound pretty real? Didn't he? The way he talked? Yes. You think, Tom? Yes. Mom's OK, here's the deal. That voice was created in artificial intelligence, Andy, by Robert Cellino, who is the general manager of Voice America Radio. He worked on that voice for a long time and he sent me samples and we couldn't get Anybody who sounded just right. But one of my taglines on my Monday night show called Read My Lips Cool Conversations with Creatives, where I'm AKA Radio Red, one of the opening lines is, How those lips can talk. And when he found a male voice that could say that with reasonable sincerity, That was the one, and we haven't named him yet. So we're gonna have a contest to name him. So welcome everybody. This is next to the mic where we talk radio. Now that's a double entendre, Ron Roel. Talk radio, we're on talk radio. We're talking about radio. I invite guests who are hosts on Voice America. We have Dr. Sandy Bloom. We have Dominic Tavella and returning guests. So happy to have you back, Ron Roel. I finally learned how to pronounce your last name. Very hard, four letters, two syllables. I'll get with it, don't worry. Another four letter
3: word, you know. Yeah,
1: well, I didn't think of it that way. We're going to talk about the impact of radio, the importance, why we do radio, and what's the future of this as a communications platform. We're not selling anything. We're not promoting anything. Of course, we're all here through Voice America, and we're on the Variety Channel and thrilled to do that. I'm Bonnie D. Somebody, some people also know me as Bonnie D. Graham, and I have created more than 50 radio series through Voice America since 2011 for some of the biggest business and tech and advisory, so we say consulting analyst companies in the world. And this is one of my personal shows. I said to them, let me talk to the other hosts. Let's talk to people like Dom and Michael. Let's talk to Ron Rowell. Let's talk to Sandy Bloom. And Sarah Yanosi is coming on next week. She's Sandy's co host. Let's find out. Why they do radio? I know why I do radio because I like to talk to smart people, so you all qualify. Dom, especially you. you I, I want you to know that. OK, so I have a little poem I have created, co-created with Chat GPT, and I like to tell people that. ChatGPT, we know is AI. It's an LLM, large language model. I still use the free one, not ready to go for the GPT-4, but it's wonderful. And me, I'm still human. Sandy, do I still look and sound human? What do you think? Yes, totally human. Okay. She's a psychiatrist. She knows it's okay. (laughs) So I'm calling this episode, Turn Up the Volume, okay? Because I want everybody to hear you. So here we go with my opening. Welcome to Next at the Mic. And when I call your name, you have to wave furiously at LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and wave at the virtual audience, uh, the audio on Voice America. America. Welcome to Next at the Mic, a platform unique where Voice America hosts your interest. They will peak. Host Bonnie D, with passion to wow. I hope I'm wowing you. Welcomes three stars on Turn Up the Volume Now. Dominic Tavella, wave hello, Dom. Financial hey, Maven. Oh,
2: how are yes. you?
1: Well, I'm not done. I gotta read your poem first. Wait up, Dominic. Uh, it's okay. not introduction time yet. Wait, 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 wait. There. You
2: have one for me, specifically just yes. for me? Yes, oh, I do. God, Everybody I am gets honored. their own.
1: You should be. Here we go. Dominic Tavella, financial Maven Bright, president and CIO, guiding investment with insight. Co host the Labenthal Report with Michael Hartzman in co command Wall Street wisdom, expertise well planned.
2: <gasps> What'd you think, Dom? Did you like that? I, I can give you a thumbs up now. I can approve. I can interrupt. You can, yes, you Great can. Great job.
1: Thank you. Now Dr. Sandy Bloom, psychiatrist with grace. I've known her for twelve minutes and she's very graceful. Dr. Sandy Bloom, psychiatrist with grace, teaching trauma and adversity, wisdom to embrace at Drexel University, where her knowledge takes flight. Co hosts Creating Presence with Sarah Yunosi, where true insights unite. Sandy, oh, what you nice, oh. Bonnie. Thank, Thank you. you. Well you're welcome. And Ron Rowell. A journalist with stories to unfold, covering business, politics, his narrative is bold. In the realm of successful aging, he hosts 45 Forward with focus so clear, a calm and sage voice for all to hear. Ron, what'd you think?
3: Lovely authentic maybe artificially but authentically no 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 Um, i
1: edited it so it's real it's real so here's the closing part listen Uh, watch add delight to your day as bonnie d scarlet mic see all the mics this is real mm. leads the way next at the mic where voices soar a symphony of inspiration hear radio's wisdom roar
2: what'd y'all think
1: now dom what do you think
3: bravo there we go very nice
1: Thank you. And Absolutely. I will tell you for your shows, if you want something interesting, just put in a couple of notes to ChatGPT and say, help me write an opening monologue, give it the name of your show and the host, and then put in a little bit of the bio of your guest or guests and say, write me a poem or write me prose or whatever. And it will come back. Is anybody or any of you using ChatGPT for your openings? No,
3: Oh, not, uh, not but generally just for a lot of stuff, just to Yes. First draft it up. Get some of that.
1: It, it's good. It's really good. Dom, are you using it at all?
2: No, uh, I have not uh, gone near it, honestly. Well,
1: I know that time is important to you, Dom, because you're in the business where time is money. And so, so is Sandy. But <laughs> I want to say that the time lag from the, when you put in all this information in the in the query box in ChatGPT, the time lag, if you went 1,000, 2,000, before you get to three seconds, you will have everything returned to you. There is virtually no lag. It is so fast, your head will spin. On that note, let's go around the table and get some real bios and find out who you all are. And by the way, Dominic Tavella, I have to do a shout out to the wonderful Larissa Meyerhoff, who has been so helpful to me. I like to give credit where it's due. So helpful to me in scheduling Michael Hartsman and you, Dominic. So, Dominic, I'm putting you on speaker view, you handsome devil. And I want you to tell us who you are. You sent me a wonderful bio. How'd you get started in finance? And just a tiny bit about your radio show. Dom, welcome.
2: Uh, thank you. And, and thanks for the invite for having me this evening on the show. Uh, much appreciated. So, we did send you a quick bio, and I, I always like to keep it short, to be honest with you, because I don't think it was really very eventful. But I came out of college, I started working for a Wall Street firm. I loved the business. That was 1982. I just thought this was the greatest industry in the world. We could genuinely help people. I really loved doing it. I just kind of hated the people I was doing it for. Um, and I don't know where. Where this uh, came from, and and I honestly always tell the story, I was just too stupid to know you weren't supposed to. So I decided to quit a well-paying job and start my own company. That was in 1984, and basically have been completely independent uh, wealth management firm since. Became partners with Michael Hartsman about uh, a decade ago, best partner in in the business, Um, and we are just a freestanding independent firm trying to help people. That's a short version of a long story.
1: Well, give me a little more. You got a little more to your three minutes. So anything else you want to talk about as far as what was it like starting your own firm? That was almost 30 years ago.
2: Uh, 40, yeah. I literally uh, started the firm in 1984. Yeah. Um, and it was tough. You know, I was literally working out of a spare bedroom at a house. I, I hate to sound uh, whiny about it, but we started working literally out of a spare bedroom and uh, the company grew. And I really wasn't very worried about much back in those days. Again, maybe too stupid to know any better, but the company kept growing and we kept adding clients. Um, and I genuinely feel blessed that uh, 40 years later, we're sitting here and we manage the assets that we do and we get to take people take care of people the way we do and they get to take care of us uh, it's a great relationship with uh with clients so we're feeling very blessed to be here bonnie and
1: speaking of relationships why did you start, you and, and Michael start the radio show? What, what do you do on the radio show? Just briefly, Mike, uh, Dom.
2: Yeah, uh, great question. So we, we get, because of our firm, because of both myself and Michael uh, own and run the firm, we get to literally speak to on a weekly basis what I really genuinely believe are the smartest people on Wall Street. They could be economists or portfolio managers or equity strategists, bond. So we, we literally get to speak to the brightest people for the largest institutions uh, on the planet. It. and then we come home and we try to share those thoughts with clients and conversations and that's literally one conversation at a time Bonnie and you're thinking well we have thousands of clients there's got to be a better way to get the message out to let people know what the smart people are thinking um and that's where the the roots of the show came out of hey we're just sharing and bringing and bringing guests on board to kind of Give them the real deal of what's going on, unscripted, unrehearsed, live, as you well know, um, and try to make it in a in a very common sense way that the you know people can understand what we're trying to get across. Thank you very much. I love the
1: part about how you started your business in a bedroom. I think everybody appreciates that (laughs) because that's where some real geniuses started theirs or garages, Dom. So thank you very much. And let's move around the table. Dr. Sandy Bloom, so happy to meet you. And thank you so much. And I have to tell everybody, I... Michael and Dom, I wouldn't let them come on the same show because then it would have been all about the Labenthal Report. So I wouldn't let Sandy and Sarah come on the same show. And that's why I've separated them. So we'll get different perspectives on the value and future of radio. Sandy Bloom, I'm putting your wonderful self on full screen speaker view. Would you please fill in the blanks? I just gave a little tiny bit in the poem. We want to know more about
0: you. Welcome, oh, Sandy. Thank you, Bonnie. It's lovely to be here. Um It's it's I'm kind of old, so it's hard to keep it brief. (laughs) I've had kind of it feels like many lifetimes, but I am a physician. I'm a psychiatrist. I had a practice for 30 years and and not but way back in 1980. I started my own psych unit, turned a a med surge unit into a psychiatric unit, open, voluntary, where people could come and get the help they needed in a brief period of time. And my life then changed dramatically on a day in 1985 because and it was because of one person that got everything started. She was a young woman who I had treated for five years, was very close to. And but I, she had accused a man of rape when she was a teenager Mm. and it hadn't happened. The police investigated and it, it the story didn't hang together and I didn't know what to make out of that. And five years later she came back because she was suicidal. And uh I walked into the room to see her and it was her, but it wasn't her. She was acting and looking and talking like a little girl. And I it was just so bizarre. And I knew what it was, but I just never expected it in somebody I knew as well as I knew anybody. And it turned out what she revealed was that she had been molested by her father from age seven until uh, he died when she was 18, which was when I first met her. And that was the beginning of a a radical change for me and for all my colleagues, because we started asking all the people that we were treating about their childhoods. And we found that they had had Uh, uh, amazingly bad things happened to them that had profoundly determined what what the problems were. And once we got there, people started getting better, a lot better. They started really recovering from all these symptoms. And that began to change everything. Meantime, our program had to move in 91 and again in 96 and again in 98 and finally had to close it in 2001 because of all the changes in healthcare, having nothing to do with what we were doing. It just wasn't affordable anymore. So I started doing a lot of consulting and started a training institute in 2005. And that's where I met Sarah, who you'll meet in a couple of weeks. And uh, we trained about 350 organizations and what it means to be trauma-informed because that's what this is called now. And it's really about asking, instead of asking people what's wrong with them, it's about asking what happened to them. And then in 2016, um, we needed to, uh, Sarah and I leave the that training program behind, corporate changes needed to go. So we had to grieve for a little while, and then we uh, decided we could do something online. And with the help of uh, this organization called Lakeside Global Institute, we have created Presence, and it's an organizational approach to creating trauma-informed care. And I'm also the founder and immediate past president of the Campaign for Trauma-Informed Policy and Practice.
1: That's that I do. Did you I? did You did absolutely <laughs> great. I wasn't sure where you were going with the first story, but you were laying the groundwork, Sandy, for the reason for why you do what you do. And, and we appreciate that. I have um, an
0: even more important thing that I meant to say, Bonnie. Can ahead, I still ahead. say yes, it? Yes, yes, go ahead. I'll
1: give you another reason. seconds. The,
0: the reason I am now Associate Professor of Public Health at Drexel is because what we found out was that it's, this is a major public health issue, and that most mental illness and physical illness is preventable. So you know we need to take this seriously because we could stop it from happening, so that grownups don't have to end up with heart disease and cancer and all the other problems that we as grownups have if we would just take adequate care of of, of children.
1: Wouldn't it be wonderful? Mm. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Just a quick story. I have a relative very close to me who's been suffering and struggling with physical problems that were catastrophic for over a year. And medicine didn't find any diagnoses or any help. And she finally turned to the work of Dr. Howard Schubner. You may know his work. Mind-Body. The relationship, and she's working with groups, and reading his books, and watching his his uh, YouTube videos, and learning to retrain the brain away from trauma and away from fear, and yep. the symptoms are being alleviated. She's coping with the pain, which is still there, but she took her life back.
0: By, That's wonderful.
1: And and she's an MD, so yeah. she knows that medicine wasn't answering the questions. Her own field of practice was not solving the problems. And I found that absolutely Fascinating. That's a whole other show, Sandy. Thank you very much. Excuse me, everybody, for interjecting that. Let's Absolutely. go around the table. Ron Roel, you were so good on the show when you were on <laughs> about a month ago. I said, I've got nobody. I've got to get him back. We want to know more. Just pretend, Ron. Don't take offense at this. Pretend that nobody's ever seen you want next to the mic. Welcome to our brand new guest, Ron Roel. Ron, tell us all about what you do. Let's start from there. Welcome back, Ron.
3: Thanks very much. Glad to be here, Bonnie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretending like this is a show that you've you've seen before but you can't remember what <laughs> what the plot was. <laughs> uh, that's me. Um, so I'm as Bonnie said, yes, I, I'm a veteran journalist, uh, not a veteran, but a longtime journalist. And uh that's my basic professional. although I bounce around a lot. So a lot of people a lot of my colleagues uh joined a paper or or were in newspapers and and um you know, media, and I bounced around a lot. So I started off, I was a you know, high school star and then I went into college and I, it was pretty clear I was going to go into journalism. But I felt that um, being in journalism was about, life's experiences, learning stories from being in life. So I didn't go right back to journalism after I had an internship in college. And then mm-hmm. I was on, uh, worked for a fundraising campaign. I went to graduate school. I went to started doing freelance work. I tried to start a magazine, which was unsuccessful, but I learned a lot um, uh, in doing so. And then I started freelancing again and then got back into journalism uh, as a business journalist at Newsday. Um, and then, uh, so I did that for a good chunk of time, and but toward the end of that uh, tenure, I covered politics, business, real estate. Um, I, I had a an interesting experience just sitting down, listening to a financial planner mm-hmm. talk about, uh, you know, longevity. And what were we going to do to plan for later life, and how much do we have to save, and what was life going to be like, and and how much, how long would our grandchildren live, and and I just realized, wait a minute, this is life is going to be different. You know, it's not like planning for retirement and then got a few years. You could have planned for retirement and have 20, 30, 40 more years. Uh, and Dom knows this quite well because there are a lot of financial you know, things to consider. Um, As well as uh, I've discovered, you know, from Sandy's point of view, there are lots of psychological dimensions to aging that people aren't thinking about. So I got involved and I started a section called Act Two, which was essentially, you know, how to um, serve the 50 plus market technically. Uh, But it was really about, uh, it wasn't about retirement, it was about how do you make the most of life in terms of uh, the opportunities and also meeting the challenges. So I did that, and then um, uh, I left the newspaper because I saw the newspapers hadn't planned for their act too, because Dolan no was reading newspapers, and I was like, "Well, I'm not. I'm not going down with this ship." So, and, and the ship hasn't sunk. Newspapers are still here, but they're different. They serve a different function. Um, so I went out on my own again, and I've been working on. I worked with. I got very interested in aging issues and what I call successful aging. And so I've been writing about this issue um, and uh, two things happen. Uh, One is uh, uh, I was engaged to write a piece about caregiving and um, I did that and then got really interested, like a lot of people in this field, because guess what? You're dealing with this on a personal level. You're taking care of your parents and that's what happens. And People realize how much help people need to guide you through this journey from the beginning to the end. Uh, and then the second thing was, it, quite uh, a parallel, I got a call from Robert Cholino, you know, and Voice America. He said to me, hi, you, uh, and we're Voice America. And I said, what's that? And so he told me "But you know, internet radio. And then he said, um, are you interested in doing a show for us? And I said, what? <laughs> like what? He said, pitch us, pitch us a show. And I said, Okay. This is it. And he said, great, 45 forward. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to basically connect my previous life and, and caregiving to this notion of how do we promote successful aging by having experts like you folks on my show every week to talk about a whole spectrum of issues, some practical, some personal, some about life's journeys. It could be your work. It could be health. It could be finance. Um, as I mentioned earlier, to um I've had Dominic and Michael on my show, and, uh, and uh, I, I bought in his show. Um, and so I guess we get more of this later, Bonnie, but about why I do the show, what I find from the show.
1: Thank you, is, and I have a question. I, before, before you go on, Ron mm-hmm. Roel, two questions. Why yeah. 45 forward? Why not 55 forward or 65 forward? Why 45? I think we're all, well, Dominic may know the answer. Sandy and I want to know, right, Sandy? Yeah. girls want to know okay Ron why
3: well uh i wanted to get to people thinking about the second half of life before they hit the 50 yard line you know that's people think about 50 and i wanted them to think about that before 50 hmm. uh because things start to shift in your 40s so i wanted people to get ahead of the curve um that you know as i say you have to when you want to think about an uncharted road which is your later part of life you need to slow down a little bit you need to pause and think about what do I want to do if you're driving too fast, you know life has a lot of curves and my my metaphor is if you're driving too fast you're going to drive off the road. So I wanted to get people to think about it before they hit that you know traditional 50 plus uh, yard stick uh, and the second thing kind of interestingly Bonnie is that I learned that if you're planning ahead um it's a, a little like throwing a football that if you if you if you say well, if um, you're throwing the football, what is the angle you need to throw the football to get the the longest distance? It's 45 degrees. So Ooh. that's the that's the second you know underlying piece of it. It's getting ahead of it and getting the best angle. So my thought is that you can you can get the most distance in your later life if you start a little bit earlier.
1: Thank you very much. Very eloquently answered. I want to ask you if you remember a Bonnie D and a Ruth D who were on the cover of Act 2 of Newsday for their television show Senior Moments the Happy Ones cuz that was me and my mom and we wow. were invited to be on the cover of Act 2 many many years ago I don't know if you remember us Ron you, we used, go ahead
3: do you remember what year
1: I'll have to to look it up. I have the cover somewhere. But I started a show called Senior Moments, and then I changed it to Senior Moments, The Happy Ones. And I invited my mom, Ruth, by the way, who lived to 100 and lived alone. Wow. Dominic. She lived at North Shore Towers, and one of the towers on the 19th floor, 19A, beautiful apartment. She swore she could see the water from there. She said she had binoculars. There was no water, but it was, the view went forever, and she told my boyfriends, if if they ever did me wrong, they were going off the balcony oh. on the 19th floor. But Ruth, uh, when she was about, uh, and we did the show for 20 years, we did 250 episodes, and one day I just called her, and I said, hey, Mom, you want to co-host? Because she was on my Something to Talk about TV show, so PA TV and Great and Lake Success, and and uh, I said, she said, sure, I'd love to be on TV with you. So we started co-hosting. So we started wow. every show, and I'd say, I'm Bonnie D. I'm the junior senior, and she'd say, and I'm Ruth, the senior senior. Well, the funny thing was, she made up a different name almost every week. So some day she was Bettina, Ruth Bettina, because her name was Ruth Betty B E T T E. So I'm a Ruth Bettina. I'm Ruth something or other, and she made up names for her middle name. And a friend of hers named Gertrude, who, who Ruth. Ruth died in my arms at 100 years, one month, and 15 days, and she said, uh-huh. "What are you going to hire a caregiver for?" Dominic going to love this caregiver. A To watch me, to watch me get dressed, to watch me eat my cereal with a half a banana every morning, to watch me get my hair done once a week, my nails, to play mahjong, to play bridge, to play the piano, to be the the pianist for the Shalom Club at North Shore Towers. And she said, you're going to pay somebody to do that? Save your money. I don't want it. So, yes. So she lived on the road.
2: You you both are bringing up extremely valid points here. And I, I literally, when I got in the industry, I would sit down with somebody who was 63 years old to do retirement planning. I'm like, what planning am I doing? The guy's going to be dead in four years. How much planning do I have to do? And it's a little bit of a joke, but not much. Today, we sit down with somebody who's 64 years old, and we're literally doing 30-year planning, Bonnie. And and Ron knows this. 30-year planning. And I, I can tell you that in the last couple of months, I called a client to celebrate her 100th birthday. I called two clients to celebrate their 98th eighth birthday. I'm 97 year old. I mean, this is more commonplace today than than ever in my lifetime. And, you know, God's got a plan and we go along for the ride. But the reality is you need to think and plan. And to Sandy's point, holistically, Think about money and think about having these monies last for a very long time and keep your quality of life. So this is a very, very important topic that we should be having with our our clients and other guests.
1: It is. And that's part of the reason why we're doing radio right now. We're talking about the same. I love the way the common threads come up. I didn't pick the three of you because you you were all going to talk about the same thing. But I want to say that uh, Ruth was very happy to be on her own, but her girlfriend's. Mostly were in their late 90s, and her best friend Gertrude lasted to 104 years old. God bless. Couldn't remember when you said where are you going on your vacation? And I tell her, and she three minutes later, where are you going on vacation? But it was okay. She was elegant. She had a beautiful caregiver who lived with her. Ruth did, didn't want anybody. So anyway, we did 258 shows and uh, wow. the month after we did her 100th birthday show on TV and I brought in mayors and all kinds of local huh. people and they read proclamations to Ruth on 100. And, and she she took her last breath. So it was very interesting, but it was wow. really hard to let her go. But yes, uh, planning is, is a big question mark. And... Planning for mental health, right, Sandy? It's not just planning for where you live.
0: I want to share a story about my dad who lived to be 102. And is the only person I know who had, when I say this, people go, "Mm," had a really good death. Um, It was uh, a week after his birthday was the day I could have a party for him. So, and all of his friends were gone. Uh, Everybody, you know, of of his contemporary. So they were all my friends. And we had a big party in in his favorite restaurant. He ate his favorite meal. I had people playing his favorite music. It was just wonderful. And... Everything was perfect, and he spoke, and he talked about, told stories, and everybody told stories about him, and we came home. It was a lunchtime, and we came home, and he got out of my cousin's car and walked into the house. I was still back at the restaurant paying for everything, and he walked into the house and was there. I had gotten back, and he was there five minutes, and he died, Mm -hmm. and that was it. He was just... A life well
1: lived. It was like
0: he said, this is the best, this is wonderful, and I'm done. (laughs) A life well celebrated. A life well celebrated and well lived. Thank
1: you. Isn't that the goal for all of us? Now, I want to move on to the next part of the show because we're going to do more about what we do. But I've asked each of you to send me a fictional quote from a movie or a TV show or a song lyric that has nothing to do with radio And it's going to have something to do with your thoughts on radio. So we're here to talk about why we host radio, why live radio, what the messages are, what's the importance, what's the value, and what's the future. So Dominic Tavella has sent a quote. I had to do the lookup for you, Dom. This was a lot of work. This quote, we found the quote in multiple TV shows. Larissa and I worked together on this. And I found it from Friends. So this is from Friends, the NBC TV sitcom series, 1994 to 2004. And this was 1994 season 10 episode how could it be oh it was a season 10 episode 7 it's called the one with the home study and just briefly joey matt leblanc uh, knocking on the door guys everything okay it's me joe and chandler the late matthew perry screams uh, uh, adoption and somebody named laura who's a representative from the agency says what's going on and chandler says oh just like i said that crazy bird. He's roaming the halls. Bang, 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 bang guys. And Monica Courtney Cox says, keep on roaming Bert. We don't want any crazy today. And Joey says, what's going on from the other side of the door. Chandler will talk to you later. Bert, everything's fine. Joey goes away. Everything doesn't sound fine. The the agency rep says, is he all right out there by herself? And here we're coming to the quote. Eventually, Tom, you pick. And Chandler says, "Oh yeah, he has a caretaker, his older brother Ernie Burton Ernie." And, and and here is what Chandler said, nervously looking at her. You can't make this stuff up. And Dom wanted to sup- substitute another word that starts with S and ends with T for stuff, but we won't do that on the show. We're
2: going to use the word stuff, Bonnie, just yeah. to, to keep it clean.
1: Yeah, can't you can't? So tell me something, Dom. What does this have to do? Just briefly. Keep it to two minutes. Going yeah, to
2: I, I honestly didn't remember the episode or or honestly remember where uh, I got it from. But somewhere something really crazy happened. Life. In, I call it life interferes. It might be a headline. It might be a story. It might be something that happens to you. And you, you just kind of want to throw your hands up in the air and go, you can't make this stuff up. Right. I mean, literally, if somebody in Hollywood wrote the script, they oh, it would never be like that because no one would believe it. Yet stuff like that happens to us if not every day, every week, right? We look at the headlines in the news, we look at an experience we go through, and we can interpret that in a positive way or a negative way. But I just find a little humor sometimes helps. And it's just, I throw my hands up in the air and go, you can't make that stuff up. You literally couldn't write a Hollywood script. So I, I kind of use it as a little self-deprecating humor, a little way to look at life, look at philosophy and say, you know what, it's so ridiculous that somebody had to make it up, right? Somebody had to write, a script in Hollywood about it. Helps me get through the day sometimes, Bonnie.
1: And I want to know what this has to do with your radio experiences. So give me two more sentences, Dom. I know you weren't ready to do this, but tell me, what does this have to do with radio? You can't make this stuff up. Well,
2: I'll just expand it and I'll do it really short, but I actually got involved in in TV and doing some TV network uh, literally about 15 years ago, Bonnie, and it really had to do with a short version of a long story. I look, my phone rings and it says anonymous on the phone and I, I don't know who that is and I would never answer the phone because it says anonymous whatever possessed me i answered the phone it was a network producer can you sh- be on tv this afternoon what? um and uh, again i'm giving you the short version i made an appearance on the show i enjoyed it they enjoyed it i've d- been doing live tv ever since and all because i answered that phone that said anonymous and i can't tell you how many times bonnie i've said if i never answered that phone where would life be today? It was literally a Hollywood script that no one would believe. So, yeah, in, in the way uh, it relates to radio and what we do today, I don't even know if I'd be here today, if I would be doing radio, if I didn't answer that phone call 15 years ago.
1: I agree. I think for all of us, you can't make this stuff up. Here we are talking about being radio hosts. Who would have believed it? Ron, Never. you want to say something? Ron, brief?
3: Uh, no, I'm good. You know? Okay,
1: I saw, I, saw, I saw you thinking. I saw that brain working. There you go. <laughs> so let's go to Sandy Bloom's quote. Sandy has picked a quote. It's a little dark and evil here, Sandy. It's from Mr. Spock, played by the wonderful, late, great Leonard Nimoy. Star Trek, America Sci Fi, American sci-fi TV series, season three, episode four. I do my research. Uh, it aired on October 11, 1968. The episode, And the Children Shall Lead. The Federation starship enterprise arrives at the planet Triacus, TRI. IAC Triakus. Captain Kirk, Dr. McCoy, and First Officer Spock, beam down in time to... I hope that sounded like beaming down. Dom, was I good at that? Beam down in time to witness the death of Professor Starnes, the leader of a scientific expedition team. The others in the expedition, apart from... Five seemingly unconcerned children who play and chant seem to have died, dominated by a mysterious fear. The children bring the crew. Crew bring the children back to the Enterprise, where McCoy evaluates them and determines they're suffering from lacunar amnesia, unaware of what happened and unable to grieve. I'm going to stop there, Sandy. You got to make this one a happy one. I'm not sure where you're going to go. The quote is: "Without followers, evil cannot spread."
0: Sandy, you got your work cut out for you. Go. You asked for a quote, and I. I'm a Trekkie. And so it had to be from Star Trek. And I liked that quote because I just think that's so important to what we're all doing, which is trying to provide the public with accurate information. Because I, when I was a kid, when uh, some of us were children, <laughs> there were three networks. And although you know not all the information might have been accurate we all shared it that was all everybody had the same news the same information that no longer is true and there's a lot of misinformation out there and the the idea that the without followers evil cannot spread if if there's not people who are buying into misinformation then it can't spread, and I see it as being there's so much misinformation and really bad information that's out there that's being delivered to all kinds of folks, and they're they're believing it, and it's ter- terrifying. Um, so I think that's the what radio can do. What all of everybody that's talking about this can do is provide real, accurate information. And on our show, we're going to we're going to interview a whole lot of people who that's what they're doing with their life is providing knowledge uh, about really important topics, including journalists. So I like it. Thank you. You brought that
1: all the way around Mm. the block. Nicely done. Very beautifully (laughs) done. Very elegant and eloquent. Thank you, Ron Roel. I'm still remembering how to say your last name. It's amazing. (laughs) They said she couldn't do it for a whole hour. I will. Ron has picked a quote. I think we should all sing it. It's from the 59th Street Bridge song, Feeling Groovy, Simon and Garfunkel, 1966, going way back in time. The album was Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme. Song by the rock folk duo, written by Paul Simon, originally released on their album, Cashbox, called it a sparkling spirited lid. I just want to read a little background, Ron. You're going to forgive me for this, please. Absolutely. The song is named for the Queensboro Bridge that spans East River, most of us, many of us know the bridge, between New York City boroughs of Manhattan and Queens, 59th Street Bridge, is a popular unofficial alternate name for this landmark whose Manhattan end is between 59th and 60th streets. Reportedly, the song came to Paul Simon during a daybreak walk across the bridge. Just kicking down the cobblestones refers to the paving at the approach to the Queen's End, while Hello what Whatcha Knowin', refers to either of two bronze lampposts at the Manhattan and Queen's Ends. Simon opted to title his song after the site rather than its hook line, Feeling Groovy, which he called a lowbrow turn of phrase, but it was track listed on the album as feeling groovy parenthetically. Does everybody want to sing this with me? Slow down, you move too fast. You want to all do it? Dom, you're up for song?
2: Uh, no, I'm going to pass on
0: that one, Bob. Okay, Sandy, you want to sing <laughs> with me? You no, know. you go ahead, but Ron,
1: you want to sing with me?
0: <laughs> sure, why not? Okay,
1: one, two, three, slow, slow down. Slow
3: down, you move, you move too, too, too fast. fast.
1: You got, got to make, make the morning the last. last. Okay, I'm going to stop there. That's there all go. you sent me. Love it, Ron. Good. Let's have an applause for Ron, not for all me, good. for Ron Roel. That was beautiful. Thank you for joining me. Ron, what does this have to do with your radio show? Go ahead.
3: Well, it had to do with my radio show and my life, actually, which is that, um, you know, I a few weeks ago, we, we've got a, we, we now have a, I'm not sure why we did it, but we did it. We, we have a, a one-year-old puppy, a golden retriever uh, puppy. Me too. <laughs> what, you, you too. Okay. Eight we, months old. Yeah, we we think like what what were we thinking? What but- was
0: I thinking?
1: <laughs> My kids told me don't even, mom. They said don't even get a dog. Don't even think about. It. Okay, you can go ahead now, Ron. Go well, ahead.
3: So there, that, that's a whole story. But I, I I walk her every morning, and we walk and you know along the road, and these cars are speeding by. And I'm like, "Where are you going? what What is your problem stop? Slow down. You're moving too fast. It's dangerous. it's it's and it's that's a metaphor for, you know, life itself. It's like what where where slow down. Look around. You know, i I go out and I carry my phone with me, but I never look at it. I just have it in case, you know my family needs me. Sometimes that happens. Um, but I don't look at it. i just I just look at her. I watch her sniffing the world. Um, and I, I just feel that this is a metaphor for why wh- wh- are we going so fast? Just slow down and enjoy the the enjoy the view and enjoy the senses, enjoy the smells, enjoy life. Just you know, it will it will go fast enough. So just so that's part of slowing down um, that is important to me. And it and I found it interesting, Bonnie, that that when Paul Simon was asked about this song, he said, "Oh, I I, I hate that song." know <laughs> it was like I think it was just that as he got older, you know, he got more sophisticated and thought, you know, it was sort of a simplistic song. But I found it as as most of us, it's simplistic, but we all remember the tune. And yeah. um and I think it's also kinda <laughs> I heard it recently because I I went to this show called uh, Forever Simon and Garfunkel. It's mm-hmm. this duo that sings the Did Simon you? and Garfunkel tribute songs, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um um, you know, it's uh, uh it was uh, it was really a, a sweet occasion, um, and uh, you know, I and uh, partly because you know that this duo is uh, the the guy who plays um, the Garfunkel role is about six foot two, and Simon is about five seven. So they they're, they're literally the replica visually of them, and they are also the 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 Garfunkel um, figure is 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 sixty sixty four years old and. And the Simon figure was twenty-seven, so okay. to me it was a metaphor for how you can do this in life and how you can mix things up and if you slow and you know the whole story of how they met. It was like it came from slowing down and looking, and saying, "Wait a minute, this, yeah, disparities, but this works." You know this, and and they are. An, their harmony is amazing, is, is just stunning. So, you know, that's what it, it means to me. Um, Thank you.
1: And, and we can relate that to radio in the sense of when you have an hour-long show, which we do on Voice America, actually 57 minutes, you can slow down because there's time that's to right say what you need to say and that's in in somebody's point i want to get to the by the way uh, i had a guest on my read my lip show last night ron who was talking about changing his careers he's been a diplomat and a scientist and mm-hmm. he's he's a, an entrepreneur and he's a pharmacist he's done everything and so very very interesting i, I started quoting Sixteen tons. Now that song is probably <laughs> nineteen fifty. Sixteen tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Saint Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I oh, owe my soul. To, sorry for the cut to the company store about a man being a company man. You can't leave that job. You were in. now. How did I remember that song from? How many we're not going to say. I heard it in my mother's womb, of course. Oh, no, I I heard it. Anyway, never mind. Okay, so we do, there are things that stay with us, and we'll just leave that alone. So I tell you what, you've each sent me four statements about what Radio means to you about the future of radio. I'm going to pick a statement, one from each of you. We're going to go this really fast, like two minutes. Uh, Dom, if you can force yourself two minutes. Sandy, two. Ron, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. of. So Dom sent me this statement, number one. Let's read this. You say, from my point of view, the impact of live radio is profound. Providing a dynamic platform for addressing issues and current events in real time. The ability to react to unfolding situations allows for immediate discussions, fostering authenticity, a direct connection with the audience. Live radio's responsiveness enhances its role as a source of breaking news and facilitates open conversations about pressing matters. Give me a two-minute expansion of this, although it was very expanded already. Dom, go ahead.
2: Yeah, and I actually want to touch on a point that Sandy made, not not just misinformation out there, right? Sandy, but but the drama, and we call it headline risk in, in our business and and the the biases in the information. And yeah. people are expected to make not only financial decisions, but life decisions. And they're looking at the news every day. And it it's it's scary stuff, right? It adds uh tension and drama to our lives, it adds an amazing amount of stress to our world. So when the show came up and, and we decided to do it first on this premise that we we just wanted to bring, you know, unbiased information, but then it was a calming voice where we could use the time and an hour is a long time. I, I never thought we could keep an hour going. I was like, what are we going to talk about for an hour? And usually on a, every week, we're like, oh, my God, I wish we had another 20 minutes to to kind of expand on these subjects. But it gives us an, an opportunity in a very calm hopefully unbiased, very earthy way discuss some pretty complex issues that's going on in the world, right? And so the end goal is that maybe people take a deep breath, to Ron's point, relax a little bit. Don't get so overwhelmed by the noise and the news and the breaking news. Let's take a deep breath. Let's keep the stress down a little bit. Let's look at the bigger picture. And you know what? It all works out. It all works out. But don't make big mistakes making short-term decisions. Thank you.
1: Very well put. appreciate that. Let's go on. Ron, your song is really going to help everybody here. Okay. Sandy Bloom, uh, interesting statement number two you sent. Live radio offers the opportunity to have meaningful but public conversations with people who are making unique contributions to the world around us. So we're not talking about investment advice. We're talking about other types of contributions. Sandy, go ahead. Two minutes. What do you
0: got? Well... I think that's what people because of what what you guys have been talking about, and you two have much more experience, I'm still new at this. We've only had one our first show. so <laughs> so but but what the, what we're going to do is interview people that we have a lot of respect for their work in a and like Don talked about, you have an hour to do that to kind of break it up and really explore what the issues are. And they're usually things that are not being covered by the headline news. No, it's not breaking news. It may be incredibly important for people to know, but they're not going to know it unless there's some way that they can hear from people who actually are providing them with accurate information. So that's what I meant by that, is that it, 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 there's, there, there's just no way to get much of that on the media um, that that you can, if you get magazines, there are, you know, more in depth, but you got to read, you got to take the time to do it. So, uh, I, and I think that so many people are listening to podcasts that would not listen to the news, would not read um, in-depth articles in magazines, and they're out there and they're interested and they want to learn things. And I'm a teacher. So, That's what I meant by that, Bonnie. Thank you
1: very much. And and the quality of the voice matters, doesn't it, everyone? You want them to listen to you. You wanna be clear, express yourself, be articulate, not have any background distractions. That's all part of the presentation, isn't it? I've been doing radio a long, long time. And I find that I combine, well, my technology revolution show is tech. It's it's uh, the future. It's on artificial intelligence right now, last year and this year. But I find that adding a little bit of popular culture to very serious topics engages people. I think that's, to me, is part of what we do on radio is how do you get... Not just, Ron, that hour of slowing down. How do you get people to want to listen to the whole hour? How do you get to pass the first three minutes? Oh, I didn't like their voice. Oh, there's noise in the background. Oh, is that a tugboat? I don't know. Oh, sure. Her mic is scratchy. That's part of the challenge is production value. Seriously, that we, we all are faced with. And right now, the three of you sound really good. And that's why I do so much prep on my shows to make sure that my guests have the opportunity to be heard. But the audience has the opportunity to want to hear you. That, to me, these are the mechanics of doing radio or podcast, whether live or not. I'm off my soapbox now. Let me go to uh, Ron Roel. I'm on your statement number three. You say many experts in the field of aging and healthcare need viable virtual platforms, virtual platforms to deliver their message to potential clients in ways that are more targeted and efficient than other forms of media. Ron, two minutes. Talk. What do you got?
3: Wow. well I think that um, you know we are in an age of specialization there are lots of sources for news and information um, so th- this offers something that people need and and they need it uh, they need it because they're, they're time starved they need to get information they need it um, they need they 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 can pause, but not for long. So so they really need to have information uh, that is that answers their needs in a in a useful way. Um, and that's what I try to do, especially in this area. To to borrow what um, what, um Sandy and and Dominic were saying before, there's a lot of misinformation about the, this field of aging, um, and there's a lot of um, bad information about what it means to age. So this. Um, gives me an opportunity to really zero in on these issues uh, of really broadly, what it does is it's 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 attacking ageism and our perceptions of aging and what it means and what the opportunities are and what the challenges and what the values and joys are of aging. so um this can you know gives me an opportunity to be broad and yet targeted in this area and get to the point because a lot of people don't have a lot of time and it it enables them to to do to multitask in ways that still they can get the information. So in other words, you can go for a walk and listen to what I have to say. It's not going to interfere with your walking. Um, So you can do it and you can do it in ways that fit into your lifestyle.
1: You might even slow down the pace of your walking or you might walk a little faster so you can get home. And if there's a video, you might want to see that. To me, the value of live radio is that we record our shows. So they can go back. People can go back and say, oh, I I was busy. I was walking. I was talking to somebody. I only heard the first three minutes of Ron Roel's show. Oh, there's the link to the recording. I'll go back and listen later. And that's part of the reason I do live streaming of the videos of the shows. Because I learned years ago I was doing all my shows on the phone. And I couldn't see my guests think. I like to watch you think, Ron. I like to watch you think, Dom. I like to watch you think, Sandy. So to me as a host, I'm getting a lot of visual value from being able to relate to you, your mood, your style, how you talk, how you articulate. This to me is goal. to me as a host, to be able to appreciate you not just your voice. So that's why I added the visual component to my shows in 2019. Enough soapboxing. Again, thank you all for your thoughts on radio. I want to ask a couple of questions and then we're gonna do some famous birthdays just for fun. I got to zip through these. Will live radio like we're doing, and I still call it radio. I don't call it podcasting. I'm sorry. Will it still be around in uh, we're, we're, 2025 is next year? Oh, my goodness. 2030. Will there still be live radio like we're doing it? Sandy, yes or no? One word answer. Andy's well, thinking. What's that? I hope so. I hope so. Okay. Dom?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm convinced. Ron?
1: Yes. Okay, good. I agree with all of that. I'm still going to be doing it. I might be up to 70 series by then. Who knows? Quick, some, some famous birthdays. Chesley Sullenberger, the guy who landed the plane on the Hudson River. He's 72 today. Everybody wave hello. Happy birthday. He was number two in Time Magazine's 2909 list of the top 100 most influential heroes and icons. And Tom Hanks played him in the movie Sully. Mariska Hargitay, is she still doing Law & Order? SVU? she sure is. She's 59. Still looks great. And by the way, did you know that she was Miss Beverly Hills. She went to UCLA, and you all know that her mother was Jane Mansfield, who was called the working man's Marilyn Monroe. I- uh, Tiffany Thiessen, you probably don't remember, Beverly Hills 90210, and she was in that. And Richard Dean Anderson, he was the original MacGyver on TV. But before that, he was on General Hospital. He's 73. There you go. I have two social media stars that are going to knock your socks off. On YouTube, there's a young man who's 37. I think that's a young man. His name is Michael Stevens, and his show is V, the letter V with the word sauce next to it, Vsauce. He has 21 million subscribers and $3.6 billion. Do you know what he did? He started an educational YouTube channel called Vsauce, which celebrates curiosity by investigating out of the ordinary questions in fun, thought-provoking ways. And he launched the series, Could You Survive the Movies? And he won a Streamy Award. And he has degrees in neuropsychology, Sandy, and English literature from the University of Chicago. And wow. his one of his videos has been reviewed 40 million times since 2015. And on TikTok... Bonnie, you, you
2: can't make that stuff up.
1: You, you certainly can't. And I look for this. And... And we have a TikTok star, done named, done. <laughs> TikTok star yeah. named Nick Grigiola who's 24, poor boy. He only has 3.1 million followers. He does t- comedy videos and skits. Uh, today in music history, I have three minutes left. Nina Simone's "Trouble in Mind" peaked at number 92 in 1961. In 1962, on this date in history, Tony Bennett recorded "I Left My Heart in San Francisco." Oh, San Francisco! In night, my mother-in-law used to say that. In 1964, The Temptations released. The way you do the things you do. Try not to kill the show here. In 1965, Petula Clark's downtown climbed to number one on the Hot 100, the first UK female singer to release the top on the US single charts since Vera Lynn way back in 1952. In 1969, on this day, Elvis recorded Suspicious Minds at a small studio in Memphis, and it was his comeback. Gave him his last number one in America. In 1977, Carol King's Tapestry. My life has been a tapestry. Sets a new record, 302 weeks on the Billboard albums chart. And let's see one more. In 1980, and on this day, the California Raisins, I heard it through the grapevine, peaked at number 84 in the Billboard Hot 100. And that's all for now. Today is International Sticky Toffee Pudding Day. I want you to note that, Dom. Go get some sticky toffee pudding. It's Measure Your Feet Day. Don't ask. It's National Aiden Day. Anybody Aiden say hello? Handwriting Day, Pie Day, Rhubarb Pie Day. And it's No Plow Mailbox Hockey Day don't even ask January is a month of apple and apricots artichokes asparagus bread machine baking international brain teaser that's from international creativity national hobby month hot tea month and mail order gardening month and that's it so we've got one minute left and I want to say thank you by the way we didn't take pictures we'll do that after the show so don't don't run away so here is my closing and I want you to all listen up carefully life is short break the rules forgive quickly Sandy not so much Not, not personal with you and me Kiss slowly. Of course, kiss slowly. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Laugh with me for two seconds. One, two, three. Ah. (laughs) I laugh with me. Dom, out (laughs) loud. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Dominic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're making me feel really lonely here. And never regret anything that made you smile. Work like you don't need the money. Dance like no one's watching. Sing like nobody's listening. I tried. And love like you've never been hurt. We all have Money talks, doesn't it, Dom? Chocolate sings, la. Nah. And last but not least, I stole this line from a host about twenty years ago. Thank you for turning me on, Bonnie D. Saying thank you to the wonderful Dominic Tavella, Dom. Lovely to meet you, Sandy Bloom, Doctor Bloom. What a what an exciting thrill to have you on the show. Learned a lot from you and Ron Roel. Come back anytime. Come back, kid. Everybody, wave goodbye. Jordan, our engineer. Thank you. Are we not at all? Wait, don't Night. go away.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Next at the Mic Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Join host Bonnie D. again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we wish you a positively mic-worthy week.